This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. When it comes to your health care coverage, you should be the one making the call. So call Farm Bureau Health Plans. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Visit FBHP.com. With Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith. Getting ready for Steelers Sunday for the Tennessee Titans. Are you ready to go to Pittsburgh and have it be 35 degrees and very windy. Yeah, I can handle wind and cold. Precipitation is what pushes it over the edge into not a good experience. So if it's just chilly and a little windy, I can make that work. I can handle that. So have you gotten down the three rivers that form the confluence? Do I, Are you asking me you if I can name because, the rivers? Of course, it was always Three Rivers Stadium. Right. Until 20 years ago, they opened Heinz Field, mm-hmm. which is much nicer than Three Rivers Stadium was. Cause three it has Rivers, the ketchup bottles. Correct. Yes. When they get in the red zone. Yep. But the bottom line was Three Rivers Stadium was one of the horrible old baseball slash football dual use parks that we used to deal with. Yeah. And so, you know, because the Pirates played there and the Steelers played there. And from our standpoint, it was horrendous because the press box was so far back away from the field due to the fact that it also had to be set up for baseball as well. So when they went to the football-only stadium, they got rid of Three Rivers Stadium. And the Pirates play at PNC Park. Nice baseball stadium. Yes. But the confluence of the three rivers is still there. Can you name them? Go ahead. Well, is one the Ohio River? One is the Ohio River. Which two come together to form the other one? The Allegheny. The Allegheny. I right, we're looking at our Pittsburgher sitting right here. I know. Well, okay. You're Now you're selling out that I'm cheating. I think the Monongahela and the Ohio come together to form the Allegheny. Is that correct? See, here's the thing. I actually Googled it. I would have said the Mississippi because it's the only river no, the, I know. The Mississippi is much further west. It sure is. But I did Google it, but I didn't know how to say. Well, you probably look up the confluence. Monongahela. Monongahela. I didn't live in Pennsylvania for very long in my life, so I don't really know. Well, I've never lived in Pennsylvania, but I've visited there multiple times. Right. Going to play against the Steelers is always very interesting. There's something different in the air for Steelers week, and I think it's because you know what you're getting in a Steelers football game. You're not getting fancy football. You're getting hardcore football. Okay, so I was completely wrong. The Allegheny and the Monongahela get together to form the Ohio. Ah, yes. You know, maybe one day I'll be on a game show, I'm Mike. going to move on to another and topic this will be since helpful. I've absolutely choked that away. No, it's fine. You all had right. all three rivers. So I have written here, compliment Amy Wells. That's what I have written on down what? right here. You do. It's uh, the only thing on that page. It is. Your Titans files on Tuesday night's Mike Vrabel on Jim Wyatt was outstanding and oh. has gotten a ton of attention. A lot of people – People love Jim White, and so they love to see nice things said about Jim White, and that turned out to be a very nice feature. Yeah, it's uh, it's always fun to do something that's a little bit different. Talk about a coworker who it, you know will just be horribly embarrassed that you did that. That brings me a lot of joy. And for all the kind of ribbing that we give old Jim Wyatt, 
he does a tremendous job. He's been such an asset to this organization. And he's a very patient man to work with us for all of these years and put up with all of our funny, funny jokes. So he's an easy guy to brag on. And I mean, he works his tail off, man, covering this team. There's not a single thing that happens in this organization that Jim Wyatt isn't covering or talking about or making sure that fans know about. So it was fun to do. And those Titans files are really fun because the ones that are our favorites, we just shove down people's throats on social media. <laughs> so that's also nice, too. If people have not seen the Jim White Titans files, how would they go about seeing that? It's on TennesseeTitans.com. I also tweeted out a link just a couple days ago. So at Titans Amy, A-M-I-E on Twitter. You people can find should it. follow you on Twitter. Yeah, sure. All the me. OT people should immediately now pick up your phone. And follow Amy Wells on Twitter. Tell them how again. At Titans Amy, A-M-I-E. I tweet about once a month, no, so I'm not going to clog up your news feed. I think it's an asset to my campaign that for That you followers. don't do things like, oh, look, here's some bread I just baked. No. Or here's, I mean, you got to love those folks who tell you every angle of their life on Twitter. Isn't that really what Instagram is for? Yeah, and I, I'm not great at oversharing on Instagram either, but I, I think it's an asset that if I'm tweeting something, it's because it's really important and I really care about that. Because otherwise, I mean, I'm not telling you about my day. I'm not showing you my food. And I'm not live tweeting sports events because I assume that you two are watching this sports event and do not need my life. So what you're saying is... I'm the perfect person to follow. You care. I care. I tell you about the important stuff, I filter it. Yes. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Okay, so we have been waiting really for a good bit of the 2021 season for the Tennessee Titans to get a break. Yes. They really haven't gotten a lot of breaks. Even though they're 9-4, and it's really amazing they're 9-4 and and they haven't gotten any breaks. It's been a struggle. I have one. I have one that I believe is a big break for the Tennessee Titans. Well, hit us, Mike. Jacksonville waited to fire Urban Meyer until after the Titans played the Jaguars. Yes. Now, that's not a rip at Urban Meyer, okay? I, I have logic behind this. You're immediately you're laughing. You're driving in your car. You're on your treadmill. You're on your Peloton. You're you're having a chuckle right now because you think, oh, Mike is taking a shot at Urban Meyer. Yes. That is not the case. All right. Here's what I believe the case to be. They fired Urban Meyer. I think the Jaguars will play great their last four games under Daryl Bevel. I 100% agree with that. I, I think they are going to be – I think they were unhappy. I think all of the goofery, to use one of your words – that was going on around them was driving them crazy. I don't think they were totally crazy about Urban Meyer. I'm not getting into that. This is not the Jacksonville podcast. You can listen to that and figure all that out. But I think they are going to play loose and free, and I think they're going to let it rip in the last four games. I would not want to be Houston this Sunday. Nope. I would not want to be the Jets on December 26th, and I'll tell you what, I'm not saying they're going to win at New England on January 2nd or against Indianapolis at home on January 9th, but I think the chances just went way up. That team we saw last Sunday, when they got down 10 to nothing, they were kind of like, eh. meh. Now, they, they played hard, and they have some good players. Their defense, as everybody could see, is formidable. I still think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a really good NFL player, but – 
I mean, what has James Robinson got to be feeling like today? <laughs> Elated. I, I mean, I, you've got to think James Robinson, who got six carries in the last game, is going to be like, whoa. Yeah. This just got better. You have to imagine, and you see this often, this isn't Jags specific, that when there is a coaching change midseason, a lot of times the team, the guys in the locker room will rally together and want to carry out the season and end on a good note. A lot of time there's been a lot of dysfunction in the beginning part, and they're trying to salvage this thing because guys are playing for their jobs. I mean, if for nothing else, they are playing to get some good film on tape to keep their jobs with whatever organization they're with. So you see this across the NFL. Teams that have some sort of a coaching change, typically you see some sort of a rally right after that happens. In Jacksonville, we've seen that they have some players that are good players. You've seen that there has been some interesting choices made in terms of personnel usage and play calling and some of that kind of stuff. And if you believe even a fraction of some of the stories that have been coming out of that organization in the last couple weeks, things were a little odd, to put it just as we're small as possible. Mild here. I'm keeping it mild. Yeah. I mean, which is not my instinct. You no, guys. you want to go. I want to ride. I know you do. But for the sake of being an adult here, uh, you have to imagine that some things there were a little goofy. And so I, I don't am, think you actually have to imagine. <laughs> yeah. I think that there is probably a collective sense of, oh my gosh, it's over. I thought before the season that Jacksonville would win seven or eight games this year. So far, they've not. No, that would be correct. They've won two. But I was not crazy about the choice they made of the head coach and the fact that they gave him total control over the organization based on the fact that he had not been a head coach in this league. Take away anything else you think about Urban Meyer. I I just think that guys who come into this situation dealing with men – who have house payments and car payments and have children and have all kinds of adult things that they do, they don't really want a whistle blown at them. Yeah, They don't want to be treated a certain way. And you've seen this over the years that it is a very hard adjustment. Daryl Bevel, I don't know that he's going to be their head coach. I, <laughs> I don't have any idea if, if that's going to last. But he's an adult. He And he has been in the league. He was the interim coach in Detroit last year. I think you're going to see them go higher. You know, I think a lot of people are going to want the Jacksonville job. Not good for the Titans. But I think a lot of people are going to want the Jacksonville job because there's a quarterback there. Yeah, there is. And when you have that done, I mean, here's the thing. Whomever it is that's coming in there, you've got to ride with that. And Trent Baalke, the GM, and whomever the new coach is, you've got to ride with the fact that you have Trevor Lawrence, and so you use the number one overall pick on a quarterback. Now, if that doesn't work in four or five years, well, you're moving on anyway. Right. But it's it's a lot like what John Robinson did when he took over the Titans. I mean, think about this. So John Robinson takes over the Titans in 2016. What's he got? He's got Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Marcus Mariota, a quarterback that he vetted when he was in Tampa. Yep. Tampa took Jameis Winston. The Titans took Marcus Mariota. So 
you've taken him second overall. Everybody at that point feels like he's a real prospect. You don't know exactly how it's going to develop, but that's what you have. So what do you do? You build to help him. You sign Matt Castle as a veteran quarterback. So all of a sudden, it's not Alex Tanney and Zach Mettenberger, two guys who are peers. It's a guy who's over 30. He's an adult. He's, he's got an six adult. Kids. He's been in the league. He's seen it. So you help him there. Then what else do you go get him? You go get him a veteran center. Not only is it about protection, but this is his dude. The backup quarterback in the center are the quarterback's guys. Ben Jones is a leader. He's blocked in this league. He knows what to do, but he's going to be on the same page with the quarterback. So what else do you do? You go out and you draft a right tackle. You draft Jack Conklin. You move up, you get him a really good right tackle. So now you have Taylor Lewan and you have Jack Conklin. Yep. And by doing that, too, you showed faith in Taylor Lewan in that situation because you didn't take Laramie Tunsil. Right. And so Taylor Lewan's game elevates dramatically. Jack Conklin in 2016 as a rookie is the best right tackle in football. Yep. He was an all-pro in 2016. You trade for Dennis Kelly, another offensive lineman. Quite frankly, Dennis Kelly was better than the majority of the guys who started for you in 2015. 100%. So what happens? Mariota gets hit a lot less in 2016 than he did in 2015. In 2015, he only played 12 games. He took 38 sacks, three sacks a game, 19 touchdowns. He threw 10 interceptions. In 2016, he played 15 games. He got hurt in Jacksonville right at the end of December, broke his leg. Yep. Ugh. Which certainly, I think, had an impact on what came after later but that's another story so 2016 he only took 23 sacks which means his sacks because of the number of games he played he went from taking over three sacks a game to taking one and a half sacks a game much better much better 26 touchdowns nine interceptions so protection wise he he had a lot of help they went and got him a veteran receiver yep spent money in free agency Richard Matthews now, how it ended with Richard Matthews, you think, well, what? what are you talking about? But Richard Matthews in 2016 caught 65 passes for 945 yards and 16 touchdowns. Yeah. Do you know who his leading wide receivers were the year before? Who? Harry Douglas and Kendall Wright, who each caught 36 passes. Interesting. And then what else did they get him? A running game. Yeah, they did. Traded for DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray led the AFC with 1,287 yards rushing, and he also caught 53 passes for 377 yards and three touchdowns. He led the AFC in total yards from scrimmage. You build around your quarterback. You build around your quarterback. Oh, the other thing he did, too, is he drafted Derrick Henry, who carried 110 times for 490 yards. That 490 as the backup would have almost led the team the year before when – Antonio Andrews led the team in 2015 with 520 yards rushing. Derrick Henry turned out to be a good choice. He turned out to be a good choice. But every year, John Robinson went back and added pieces trying to ensure that Marcus Mariota was as successful as possible. The next year, he drafted Corey Davis and Jonu Smith. Yep. You know, he kept doing things. He extended Taylor to one. You know, he brought in Roger Saffold. He added Adam Humphreys, who didn't turn out to work out as well, but he's the best slot receiver on the market. 
He had a bunch of injuries, unfortunately. Right. But all of the moves were continually made. It's like, hey, we need another back who can catch. We need a slot receiver. We need a tight end who can help Delaney Walker. We need all of these things. John Robinson kept plugging away, making it better for Marcus Mariota. He invested a fortune in the offensive line with the extensions and with the draft picks that that he put into it. Yep, and now what you're seeing. Ah, now you said it. You said it. You hit my point. That is the reason, and now. Yes. Even though Mariota didn't work out. The offense did. The offense did. So because of John's philosophy, when Ryan Tannehill took over, Derrick Henry's here, and receivers are here, and the offensive line's in place, and Jonu Smith's playing great, and all of these things, you know, it wasn't just one move that worked for five or six years. Some moves didn't work. Some moves worked great, like drafting Derrick Henry. It took three years, but they worked. But the point was, he kept filling into that hole. So because he did that and because he said, okay, Mariota, we're going to do everything we can to help you. We're going to build – we're going to change coaches to help you. Yep. We're going to change coaches because we don't think what Mike Malarkey wants to do offensively is going to give you the best chance. And that wasn't the only reason, but the, the, the overriding reason was there was a difference in philosophy there, and it was obvious. So they, they hire Vrabel, he hires Matt LaFleur, and then Arthur Smith comes in. But by constantly pouring into this, the Titans created a situation where Ryan Tannehill, when he took over, could be successful, and the six-year process – of John Robinson is six straight winning seasons. Right. It's paying off. So you you pour into your quarterback if you have one, like the Titans had in Marcus Mariota, and what the Jaguars have, I think, in a guy like Trevor Lawrence. And it will be fascinating to see if they do that, but it sure has been a great philosophy for the Titans. Doesn't mean you don't build your defense. Doesn't mean you don't do other things. But you're constantly saying, if we're going to get good, our world revolves around this dude. Yeah, it's it's an intentionality in all the moves right. you make. It's having one specific guiding purpose that for us was making this person successful, right. making sure this person can Had do the best their chance. job. Absolutely. And when it became obvious that it wasn't going to work. You make a change. You make a change, but what had you done? You had traded for another guy who fit all those things that you were doing. It was like switching out a race car driver in the middle of a race. Mm -hmm. You switched out a race car driver from Mariota to Tannehill, but it was a car that still fit Tannehill perfectly. That analogy is much better than the one that I was going to use. Oh, I can't we're wait just to gonna hear ride this. With yours. I was going to say, like, have you seen the Santa Claus? Yes. When he falls off the roof. And yes. It's Santa Claus the Claus. Right. Not Santa Claus the person. Right. Ryan Tannehill is Tim Allen. He's the Santa Claus now. Yours was better. It was better. <laughs> but I like that movie. It's a great movie. And I've been watching a lot of holiday films. But it's the same idea. The Making the quarterback successful is the goal. Right. But I'll say for everything John Robinson has done, to me, that's at the top of the list. John Robinson has had such a great focus on this is what we got, so we're going to keep at this. Instead of some GMs 
get there and they go, oh, well, this hasn't worked, and so now we're going to become this. Blow it all up or, and start over. Or, But it's like somebody deciding to sing in different genres. I'm a country singer today. I'm a pop singer tomorrow. I'm a gospel singer. I'm this. I'm So instead of just saying, okay, this is what I think we need to do. Let's stay focused on this. It's like what he's done with culture, too. He wants guys that are professional. He wants a buster screen who comes in and says, you know what, I am so happy to be here. I'm going to be early to every meeting. I'm going to show you what I can do. I'm playing my butt off. I'm so glad to have a job. Dennis Kelly, for whom he traded, yep, was another great example of just a true pro. And by bringing in these pros, the young guys see how to do it, and suddenly you create a culture. I'll always say, I don't know that Derrick Henry becomes what he is if he doesn't have a chance to watch DeMarco Murray go about it. I think that's true. We talk a lot about John Robinson being a couple steps ahead of the rest of us. Right. He's always dealing in the now and what situations present themselves and what he needs to be working with in terms of personnel and that kind of stuff. But John Robinson is also always playing that long game. You're right. He's always got five moves down the line in the back of his mind and he's always tinkering with things. And I think that that is so impressive and being able to do both, to function in the right now and also in the long term simultaneously is what makes him such a good general manager. Well, and that's why the Titans could do what they're doing through this strange year that we talk about where they haven't gotten any any breaks. Right. John Robinson has been able to keep this team afloat along with Mike Vrabel and the coaching staff right. who have done just a tremendous job of getting people ready to play football <laughs> within hours it feels like within days of being a part of this team they've really been able to coach some guys up and get them on the same page and send them out and keep it moving but John Robinson has been able to cultivate a roster through just some insane conditions and that is so impressive. 13 guys have played in every game. 13. I'm going to list them for you. Yes. Danico Autry. Okay. Kevin Byard. Yeah. Morgan Cox. Yes. Nick DeZubnar. Yes. Matthias Farley. Yes. Harold Landry. Yes. Elijah Molden. Really? I know. Yeah. Michael Pruitt. Yes. Jeffrey Simmons. Yes. Ryan Tannehill. That's 10. Yeah. Three offensive linemen have started all 13 games. Can you name them? Questenberry. Questenberry is correct. Ben He's jo- also finished all 13 games. Do they have to fin- no, finish? No, 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 is no, not- no, but okay. I'm just throwing that in there. Ben Jones. He started all 13, and he has finished all 13, which is pretty impressive. There's one more. Who? Roger Saffold, who we're not. Roger Saffold has started. I know. All- he started all 13 games. Now, he really? has not finished four of them. Because he's battled that neck shoulder thing. Right. But to Roger Saffold's credit, I mean, to be able to be out there and, you know, maybe he's going to be ready to go at Pittsburgh. We'll have to wait and see. That is very impressive. Watching some of those veteran guys on the offensive line work this year has been an incredible privilege. Just because of where I am on the sidelines on Sundays, seeing the way that those guys huddle together, the way that they work – and also the way that they'll work through what is clearly pain. Right. 
Saffold is a pro. Roger Saffold is a pro. I mean, Ben Jones is a pro. I right. don't know how any of his extremities are still attached to his body. Taylor Lewan is a pro. I mean, these guys have been working through clearly being very uncomfortable. And the way that they choose to lead this team anyway is amazing to me. Lewan has 10 starts. He has one did not play. Yes. Remember there was a game where he was dressed out, but he did not play. I think it was Los Angeles, if I'm not mistaken. It was, yes. And then he's had two games where he was inactive. Nate Davis has 10 starts, and he's been inactive three times, all related to a concussion. Right. But, you know, that group has battled, and they and they have battled, and, and there has not been one time this year, 13 games, that all five of those guys have started and completed a game playing every snap. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. Now, so the numbers for for them to kind of keep getting up and coming back is pretty extraordinary. I mean, like we're talking about Saffold and, and what he's been through and continues to go through. I mean, he's given it all he has, and, and hopefully he can continue to get better. No one can ever accuse that group of guys of not wanting it and not giving everything for their team. Right. I mean, holy smokes. That's what you want in a football player, in my mind. All right, so you have watched Zach Cunningham practice two times. I have. What do you think? I think I'm excited. I'm excited. He's longer than I thought he was. I don't know why. He has Keith Bullock. He does. Yeah. And I don't know why I thought that he was squattier than what he is, but he's a very long guy. I'm excited to kind of see how they're working him into the mix. And, I mean, he's still new, so you've got some of that new person getting acclimated, right. understanding the play call, that kind of thing, because he's learning a brand-new language. Right. But I'm excited to see the ways that they're easing him in and some of the packages that they're using him in. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Very interesting. Yeah, very interesting to see if he is involved and if Bud Dupree is ready to fully come back off IR and be activated that would be a move the Titans would make on Saturday. Right. And so we'll just have to wait and see if that's going to happen. But the thought of Bud Dupree going back to Pittsburgh after having missed as much time as he has and being as frustrated as he's been. Oh, yes. Knowing that he desperately wants to play. I mean, this is a guy who loves the game. And Zach Cunningham is a guy who loves the game. I mean, they, they so fit the motor quotient that this bunch has. Yeah, and the thought of whether it be this week or a couple weeks down the line, having all of those pieces in place for Shane Bowen to be able to really mix and match and put them together and really get some exciting production out of these guys – it makes me a little shivery and excited. Remind you that we are on the air, Amy Wells and Rhett Bryan, Titans Countdown at 11 a.m. Central on Sunday from Heinz Field. Kickoff is set for noon Central time. The Steelers are 6-6-1. Six, six, and one. They yes, have a tie. They do. Sorry, guys. You think less of them because they have a tie. <sighs> I mean, I don't. I wasn't gonna ties. say. I hate ties. I hate them. I think they're stupid. I think they're a waste of everybody's time. And I think that saying six, six, and one sounds really goofy. But I mean, it's not my team. It's not my business. 
Uh, the Titans don't have any ties, thank God. So I would have taken a tie I against would, the Jets. Nope, I wouldn't have. We lost the game, and I wouldn't have. We taken would be a nine tie. three and one right now, and we would have the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah, I get it, and that's fine. We can still get the number one seed in the AFC and maintain you our dignity. You defy logic. I don't defy logic. But you defy. I want to I mean, maintain what? my dignity. No, I'm not a tire. You know what tying is? A waste of time. At the beginning of the three hours and the end of the that. three hours, you but are I in would the rather exact be, same I would spot. rather be nine, three, and one than nine and four. I would rather have my pride. I have no pride. <laughs> well, Can, that is you, obvious. Is, is that my, not obvious? That is very clear. But I in do this have conversation. But I do have a Farm Bureau health plan. I'm a customer. <laughs> Don't get sacked by the high cost of health care. Make Farm Bureau health plans your first line of protection. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Visit fbhp.com to learn more. I'll take the L before the time. No, Mike. I don't ever want to take an L. I'll take, I'll it take before a T. It. Nope. Yes. No way. So we hope you'll join us for the game on Sunday. Thanks for joining us for the OTP. And remember, tell all your friends to subscribe. Yeah, please do that. Make your friends OT people. And, and also, you have a pretty good Titans Amy Coach Mac podcast coming up tomorrow, right? Holy smokes, Mike Keith. Can I just say who we were, who, Go ahead, who our guest is? So it's Steelers week, boys and girls. And as such, we are talking to Joe Green, better known as Mean Joe Green, but we just call him Joe because we're friends now. So Joe Green is on the Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast. I lost all of the cool that I've ever had. It all just oozed out of me. I was so fired up about talking to Joe Green. Like, so fired up. And he has a little dog named Chad. Like a little dog? Like a tiny dog okay. named Chad. But see, if you're if you're mean Joe Green, you can do whatever you want. I uh, couldn't make fun of anything. Oh, I'm not making fun. I no, think I'm it's not the making greatest fun either, thing. But I, I'm saying I couldn't. But, I mean, the stories that he told were incredible. Like, absolutely incredible. And we covered the gamut. Well, I'm glad he's not playing for the Steelers now. Nope, he is not Back playing the for day, the Steelers now. He and L.C. Greenwood and Ernie Holmes and Andy Russell and Jack Lambert and, ooh. Yeah, they were mighty. The Steel Curtain. They were a force. Were a force indeed. And, but, I Jack mean. Jack Ham. Such a great dude to talk Jack to Ham? us. Do you remember Jack Ham? No, I don't remember Jack Ham. Great player. Hall of Fame. So the Allegheny and the Monongahela come together. Form the Ohio To River. form the Ohio. We both know that now. I'm going to push you into the river. I know. That's probably going to happen. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the O.T. Where the legends go, everybody knows it's our house. Fighting for Tennessee, making history. Greatness is meant to be ours now. Hey, we got tight and blood running through our veins.